Listening to Booze Bullshit and True Crime. My name is Bree. And I'm her husband, Wade. Oh. Hi! We're going to talk about some gnarly shit. Some personal gnarly shit. Some hometown gnarly shit. Because guess what, guys? We're officially a podcast because we got our own hometown right in. And it's not even somebody we know. I have no idea who she is. But she, thank you. She's awesome. It was a great story. We'll get into her and thanking her and tell her story in the episode. But first, I thought we're going to talk a little about us like we usually do. How's quarantine treating you? Pretty good. Yeah? I got all my projects going and slowly but surely finishing some of them. He cleaned the entire garage. Mm-hmm. It looks real good. Picked up a... Uh, Old, old gas scooter from my dad that he bought me when I was like 10 or 11 years old and uh, went ahead and got it all fixed up and it's running today now. So, yay, got a, got a little gas scooter to ride around up here. Mini brap brap. Mm-hmm. And then I found a uh, free falling apart lawnmower that I went ahead <laughs> and adopted and I'm taking care of. So, <laughs> fixing that guy up too. And uh, I went oh, to... I took Part our entire patio bench and fixed that and stained it and did that. And that was my grandma's. But I just looked out the window one day and he's just pushing a lawnmower and I'm like, huh. Yep. <laughs> I guess we have a lawnmower. No rear wheels. Really? Nope. No rear wheels. I took them off and threw them away. They were pretty much like rubber tape on the old wheels. You should probably fix that. Yeah, that's why I said it. it's getting its love. I have really exciting news for me, not for you. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I know. Actually, you're probably excited, but everybody listening isn't excited. But guess what? It's our podcast, and I'm going to tell you anyways, because I'm excited. I put my deposit and flight for my 200-hour yoga teacher training and meditation certification course, and it's in British Columbia, and I'm super excited. Now she's super excited. I've been super excited. There's been waves of excitement. Okay. It's really hard for me to spend money in general. And then when the money has to do with me, it's even harder. And then when the money has to do with me and it's something that's not necessary, then that's even more difficult. And then when it's a lot of money, then that's like really hard. Not at all what I was going after. I was talking about the fact that you booked the wrong flight. You got all upset because you can't get a refund. Then we had to book another flight. Then you well, got all, all upset because you found out about unemployment. And then we have to wait for unemployment. That's what I'm talking about, a wave of excitements. You're excited about it, and you're like, oh, I fucked up my flight. Then you're excited about it, and you're like, oh, I gotta get a new flight. And then you're excited about it, and you're like, oh, Well, that's but. what I'm saying. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard to even do that. And then when shit fucks up, you're like, oh, my God. So I spent, it was luckily a cheap flight, but $225 that United Airlines will not refund me. So fuck you guys. I know it was an accident, but there's a lot of shit going on. And it was it was four hours after the 24-hour mark when I could have adjusted She it. called, the, or she requested at 28 when she should have requested at 24. So that was upsetting, and my Shouldn't unemployment can't verify my identity. Which is bullshit so because your everything has gone through. I changed my name when uh, no, a while after we got married, actually. But like a, 
maybe a year ago. I changed it with Social Security and DMV and the whole thing, and I have the well, documentation. Well, we've filed twice, our tax returns twice, under your new name. Yeah. Kaufman Whitehead. Twice. Thanks and for saying my last name. Oh. We're going to have to... <laughs> Why does it matter? I guess it doesn't matter. Anyways. They they should already know it. They should already be able to verify it. There should be no issue verifying it at all. It's your identity. You filed taxes underneath that identity. You've well, they can't verify it. me. So Well, they're idiots, and they need to do their job. Uh, I'm waiting for a supervisor <laughs> to call me within three days, and that's my answer right now. List. It's been six weeks, and I have no unemployment. So, California, you're doing great. You're doing real good. Doing real good. California's going to owe you a bunch of money. That's already your money that's sitting in their bank account. Makes so much sense. Mm. California's just like, here, I'm going to hold your money for you for when you need to use it. So anyways, my yoga certification course is great. And she's excited. Let me, I know we need to get to the stories, but let me tell you about it really quick because it's really, really exciting. You're rolling your eyes. It's late. It's not that late. It is 830 and I am excited. Let me talk for a minute. Okay, so it's way out in the middle of nowhere in British Columbia on 100 acres, and it's a self-sustaining community, and they have their own garden, and all their food comes from the garden, and everybody does four hours of karmic yoga, which is like doing service without expecting anything in return, so keeping up the community and helping it function, and I get to be certified, and I'm going to spend my birthday there, and it's all holistic. It is all natural. My diet's going to be completely raw and vegan, which I've never done before, which is supposed to help with my fibromyalgia. So I'm excited, and I've been emailing with the people, and they seem really, 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 really great, so I'm nervous and excited. So there will probably be no month of booze bullshit and true crime for the month of July, basically. There will be one. There'll be one. And I'll try to get a bonus one recorded so you guys have something special, but FYI. Alright, so... Oh, by the way, their garden, they use compost and fertilizer that is made from human feces. Why are you whispering? Compost toilet, man. It's self-sustaining. And she's going to be eating it. Yeah, I'm going to eat Poop food, and I'm excited about it. Human poop food. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> Yum. Okay. Poop. Yum. Oh my goodness. Can we do this thing? We're going to start with our first ever hometown write-in. It is from Michaela. She said I could use her name. I'm not going to use her last name, though. But she actually has a picture on her email thread, and she's such a cutie. So thank you, Michaela. I'm gonna Thanks, go- girl. Thanks. Hey, girl. Hey. Thanks, girl. Thanks. I'm going to go ahead and read hers pretty much verbatim. Um, It's really, really good. And then we'll see where we're at time-wise. And Wade and I might do some personal stories that we have. If not, we will save that for later. So you ready for a crazy case? Yes. All right. Starts out, hey, guys. Hey, Michaela. I'm a major true crime nerd, so my friend Chris recommended your podcast to me, and I've been binge listening ever since. Well, thank you. You guys are great, and I love the show. I heard you ask for hometown stories, so I decided to write about mine. I'm originally from Napa, California, and more crazy shit goes down there than people would think. I could write in about so many stories or personal spooky shit. Like that time I was 16 and an old man gave me hexed jewelry to try and make me fall in love with him. Whoa. 
Wine. It's a hell of a drug. It is. Or <laughs> the time two bodies were found in an apartment, one dead for one week, the other dead for a month. That's creepy. Jeez. Jeez. But for my first hometown write-in, I decided to write about the story I grew up hearing about. The story of the Halloween double, double homicide. And let me tell you, this story has everything. And it really does. It's a crazy case. Let's do it. All right. This is the murder of roommates Leslie Mazzara and Adrian Inzonga, mm-hmm. I'm going to say. It was Halloween night, 2004. And three women in their late 20s, living in a two-story house, were passing out candy, as you do. They were all in bed by 11 p.m., but around 2 a.m., Lauren, in the downstairs bedroom, heard a horrible scream coming from upstairs, followed by footsteps running down the stairs. So Lauren snuck out the back door and ran into the backyard, and with nowhere else to go, she hid out there until she could hear the intruder leaving. God, that's so terrifying. She then went back inside and went upstairs, where she found her roommate Leslie was lying dead, face down in her own blood, and her other roommate Adrian was crouched behind the bed, still clinging to life, but she unfortunately died soon after. Lauren tried to call 911 on the house phone, but the line was dead, so she got her cell phone and called for help while running out to her car and driving away. Good job, Lauren. Lauren was able to tell police what she heard, but not but had not seen the attacker and could not provide a description or any information to help find out who had done this. I feel like I've heard this case before. I felt like I had too. Well, it's close to us because she's from Napa. Mm -hmm. So it's in the Napa area. Not close, but California. Lauren, oh, nope. Uh, For the next 11 months, officers interviewed over a thousand people and collected hundreds of DNA samples in attempts to solve the murders. The whole town was in shock. I myself was only seven, but I remember this as the real first murder story I had ever heard. That's cool. I remember mine too, girl. That's why I fucking want these stories written in. Okay. Meanwhile, Adrian's best friend, Lily, was about to get married, and Adrian's mother began helping with the wedding plans of her murdered daughter's best friend, probably to help distract herself with some joyous and positive, or so she thought. So, the girl that died in the house and then there's the girl that escaped girl that escaped is getting married mother of the girl that died is helping which i thought was really really sweet um in september 2005 sometime after lily's wedding and she goes it's relevant i swear police released they had found a match on blood dna evidence from the scene to cigarette butts found outside they were camel camel turkish golds which they hope would prompt someone's memory on who smoked this brand just days later, on September 27, 2005, Eric Koppel, the now husband of Adrian's friend Lily, who was getting married that the mother was helping with, turned himself into police, confessing to the murders of both Adrian and Leslie. Yeah, I've heard this one. Okay, well... I like it, though. I like it from her point of view. It turns out, Adrian didn't approve of Lily's fiancé. She thought he was a bit of a loser and that she could do better. I can relate. So this douchebag thought he could solve all of his problems by killing his bride-to-be's best friend. That's right. Eric Koppel was 26 years old with a clean record when he broke into his fiancé's friend's house in the middle of the night and in a frenzied attack murdered both Adrian Insanga and her roommate Leslie Mazzara by stabbing each of them multiple times just to prevent any threat of his girlfriend leaving him. That is a whole level of control. 
The victim's families and Cobble's attorneys reached an agreement that Cobble would be sent to prison for the rest of his life without any possibility of parole in exchange for not getting the death penalty. He also waived his right to an appeal. As Koppel was jailed, his wife Lily told the court, in the days before he confessed, I knew something was terribly bothering him. I told, it, I told him, Eric, there is nothing in this world that you could do to make me love you less. Those words are just as true today as they were that afternoon, as reported by the Napa Valley Register. WTF. Yeah, girl, WTF. I mean, they say till death do us part, or maybe... Till you murder my friend? <laughs> question mark, question mark. Seems like a good time to let that one go. I agree. And that's the Nightmare in Napa Halloween double homicide. You guys should cover it in a full episode sometimes because while this email may seem long as shit, I actually cut out a lot. Anyways, I love the show and you guys are doing a great job of being respectful to victims while still delivering some gnarly shit. That's what we all want to hear. Keep it up, Michaela. Thanks, Michaela. Wasn't that so good? She gave us so much information. She wrote it so well, and she was so complimentary and sweet. I love it. That was a perfect one. Yeah. And if you want me to read your story verbatim just like that, you should email us just like Michaela did and support us and give us some content. Because researching is, is hard work, guys. It's a lot. I research for a couple hours, and it takes me a couple hours to do my notes every week. It takes me all week to do my notes. I also feel like a lot of podcasts have covered a lot of the crazy murders, and if we could get, like, people's point of view from murders maybe we haven't heard about, that would be super, super sweet, just like this one. So our Gmail is boozebsandtruecrime at gmail.com. That's boozebsandtruecrime at gmail.com. So we still got some time. Yeah. Why don't you talk about working at the graveyard tomorrow, babe? It was in uh, San Luis Obispo. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So I got like a, it was a graveyard graveyard shift. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, I worked as like a maintenance and like, I guess you just call it like a land, land keeper. And uh, my shift typically started at about 7 p.m. And I wouldn't get off until about 7 a.m. And I know it sounds like a long time, but I got like a two-hour lunch. I got a, they, there's like a little area I could sleep and stuff like that. So, it, there is like a handful of times where me and another guy were working together at the same time. Like we had like shifts that kind of like went over each other by like four hours. Okay. So. At first, when things were happening, I always just kind of thought that, like... He's fucking with you? Yeah. Or, <laughs> you know, or, like, I thought I had told him to leave a certain piece of equipment out or something, and he put it away. And, like, that's that's what I thought. But there was one week and night, specifically, that definitely was like, okay, that... That wasn't my coworker. That is something else. And then from there on, I kind of just embraced it and just said, fuck it. Like, but I, what happened? I work in a graveyard. So like, give us an example. I'm going to. I'm going okay. to. So, um, and the biggest one was one night I was actually like, what we did was we didn't like pre dig graves, but we would turn the soil so it was loose. So when we did have to dig graves, it wasn't like a fucking 12 hour dig. That's pre digging a grave. It, well, we didn't. Pre- we didn't take the dirt out. We yeah. just mixed it around. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and what we also had to do was site plots. So we had to figure out like where 
each one was. So us saying we dug a gra grave was really like we just took off the grass in that area so we knew exactly where each plot was. Damn. So I had like, fuck, I can't remember if I had like 20... I had 20 of these graves to place. The other guys had like 22. So there's there's over like 100 and something of these that we had to do. As well as water and, you know, rake and mow and, you know, take out the dead flowers from the pots and like leave the live ones and give the ones that need water, water, shit like that. So I'm loading up the tractor, getting all my shit ready to go out. I literally remember because I got pissed off when I opened up the cabinet that this shovel hit me in the face. <laughs> so I vividly remember having that shovel in my hand, placing it on the tractor. Was I, it your fault that the shovel hit you in the face? Did it fly out of the thing? Like no, what the cabinet. Like if you don't put, like if you put the shovel spade head down, it will fall out. But the cabinet was made to where you put the oh. spade head up and it like tilts okay. it back. Gotcha. So the dumbass just put it in there and I was opening up the cabinet and I have to lean over because there's a lock and it's combination and blah, blah, blah. So it hit me in the face. Gotcha. And so I remember loading it. I got all my stuff and you have to like check each item out. Say, you know, Wade White had seven o'clock shovel and tractor and blah, blah, blah. So I got all the stuff, hopped on the tractor, turned it on. And I put the shovel on my left-hand side of the seat, and I hold it when I drive the tractor. So I reach down to grab the shovel. There was no shovel there. And I was like, what the fuck? So I called out from my coworker. No one was there. I was like, definitely not there because it's 1 a.m. He's not here. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> so I went back to the shed, and guess what was in the shed? The shovel. And I went to go grab the chart. That had my name on it with the current date and the current time. It was about five minutes afterwards. And the shovel was put up, spade head up, not down. So I didn't grab the shovel, pick the shovel up, put the shovel on the thing, write it out. Like I grabbed all my equipment, threw the equipment down, then went back to the shed, signed everything out, closed the shed. Yeah. So something put it back. Yeah. So I'm leaving. I'm going to go water, get the leaves, and mow a certain section. I get there, I do all that stuff. We have a lot of kids that come into this uh, graveyard, or we had a lot of kids that came to this graveyard and drink and like party and have fun oh, and that's stuff like that. Disrespectful. There is a park and creek on the back side, okay. so they're they're okay. on the cemetery grounds, but they're not they're on not grave. Like on okay, that's okay. I would probably do that. And yeah. I don't really give a shit. Like when I hear them down by the creek and I see the fires, I don't care. I'm cool with that because I know somebody's fucking there. <laughs> like, I got somebody makes there. Makes you feel better. Yeah, makes me feel a little better. I'm not alone. But this one night, like, it was just random. Like I, I didn't hear anything. I knew that they were over there partying, drinking. I could see them. I could see their cars. I could see all that. And so I knew that they're over there. The weird part was, was all the cars were there, and I saw people running, and I was like, "What the fuck? That's weird." And then as I go to the cars, they all leave. And I'm like, there's, okay, I was like, there's probably a shit ton of people. And something must have happened and maybe that group's not with this group type deal. I don't know. So, like, I don't remember, maybe 20, 30 minutes went by. I hear a couple other noises that sound like gunshots and like a car crash. And then I am like digging the graves it's into my shift it's like 6 a.m i uh, 
pretty sure my boss was already there. Somebody called me into the office. I don't know if it was my boss or my coworker that was coming on to the other shift, but said that there's a police officer that wanted to talk to me because I was the night shift and there's something that happened. I was like, all right, cool. I'll be over there in a minute. Make my way that way. So I get there. I talk to this cop. Cop gives me his name. I remember the fucking number on the top. 0419 was his car number. I remember that. The weird part was, after I talked to that cop, and he just asked me questions, what I saw, what I heard, I explained to him exactly what I told you guys, he left. My shift was over, so I hopped in my truck and I'm leaving. I passed by a cop as I'm leaving. I was pulling in, I was like, huh, that's weird, it's not the same cop that came by. Got a phone call from my cell phone, right before I was leaving the gate. Told me to stop, and there's a cop here to talk to me again. I was like, okay, cool. Turned around and started talking to that cop, and I told him, you know, I talked to this guy, blah, blah, blah. Told him, told him the whole story. As I was telling him the story, I kind of saw his facial expression. His jaw just dropped and kind of went white, and his eyes kind of got big, and he said that cop had died 12 years ago. I didn't know that part. Uh-huh. Do you know how? Car crash after gunshots. What the fuck? Uh-huh. So did they figure out what actually happened that night? Nothing happened that night. He was just swinging. So those the cop, kids were freaked out because they heard something. And they heard something. They took off, and the cop was just coming by to ask us. It wasn't even about the kids. It was just to ask us if we had seen, like, this homeless guy around. What? Yeah. But so the first cop was asking you about the gunshots. The gunshots and the okay, kids and all the running around the and all that. the first time you told me that. That's and the second crazy. cop that came up was just, like, it, I mean, it was constant. Like, the cops would come by and just ask, like, hey, do you see this guy around? Like, is he staying on the property? Because we don't report them. Like, I mean, I didn't. There's a couple coworkers that was, like, yeah, 911 happy. Like, they call mm-hmm. about everything. I didn't give a shit. I just left them alone. Like, as long as you're not fucking anything up, you're not breaking gravestones, you're not walking across graves, you're not making my fucking job any harder, I don't give a shit. Like, I helped a couple homeless guys set up their tents and, like, their camps and stuff. So, Whoopsie. I didn't really care. But, yeah, that whole incident was intense. That is intense. Yeah, it was. And there's a lot more weird stuff. I've talked to people that, like, we're walking through, and like I said, like there's a lot of people, like foot traffic that go through there. Talk to this person, and like I told them something, and they asked me where some place was, and I tell them, and I turn around and be like, actually, and they'd be gone, and I'd be like, what the fuck? And weird shit like that. But they looked completely normal. Look like I mean, didn't look like old clothing, nothing like that. It looked like current huh. clothing, like. But it was an and operating cemetery, right? Yeah, and they were asking me of like current things, like. Benjamin Franklin or Ben Frank's uh, subs and stuff like that. Where's that place? Are they still open? Like shit like that. They were asking me current things. It was weird. That is very strange. Mm-hmm. And my coworkers had other encounters that were like, like some fucked up shit. Yeah. Like he, one of my coworkers said he was talking to this lady, and uh, he was in like the side by side, like the little gator, like the little mm-hmm. you know ATV gator thing, uh, utility car. He said he was talking to her, sitting in the driver's seat, turned to his left, talking to her. She disappeared, and he was like, what the fuck? Like, he was talking to her, and she just disappeared. He was like, what the fuck? Went to go put the fucking car in drive, 
turned to his right to look. She was sitting in the fucking car uh, next to him. Yeah, like everything was fine, and she was asking him for a ride. Oh my god, no. Yeah, it was insane. And there's some like other parts of like the cemetery that I just never went to. It was just weird vibes, and I never really needed to do anything on that side of the cemetery anyway. So there's some weird stories like people like walking around and like hanging out on fucking graves and like not leaving the graves and like you'd see them like all day every day and you'd ask people do you see that person there and they're like what are you fucking talking about all there is is graves and woods and like yeah shit like that like crazy oh that's a mind fuck yeah i don't like that i feel like cemeteries can be gateways sometimes or like a purgatory of their own there's a lot of there's a lot of people buried there. There's probably a lot of spirits hanging out, man. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. There's definitely a lot of spirits. There Those are good stories. Out. And that was in San Luis Obispo, California. Is that is there only one cemetery there? No, there's a few. Oh, well, one of them in Slow, but Yeah. I worked at the one near the Goodwill off of uh I think it was Main Street. Pretty sure it was right where Main Street and like Los Osos came, or not Los Osos. I remember. Well, I asked him too. Backside. I was like, "Damn, that's that's some shit to deal with." He was like, "Well, they paid well." I'm like, "Yeah, I probably they would do pay it well. Too. They paid like shit." I thought you said they paid pretty well for what you had to do. I mean, yeah, for what I had to do, yeah, but <laughs> still fucking like fourteen bucks an hour. Well, that was a while ago. All right, we still have a little bit of time. I kind of want to talk about the house that I lived in when I was in high school. So we had lost our home when I was 16, and I ended up moving in with my boyfriend at the time, my friend Spencer, and her boyfriend into a house like a little ways away from our high school, so I had somewhere to stay. Um, And before we moved in, I knew Spencer's uncle had passed away there because her grandfather owned the property. And so we move in, get everything situated. I didn't feel like super weird in there right when I walked in. A little bit in certain spaces, but nothing like dark, just just energy in general. But how the house was set up was there is a living room, and then there's like a wall. Hold on. <laughs> oh, Bless I'm you. so sorry. I feel like I still have tickles in my noses. Ugh. So there was a living room, a wall that you could walk around both sides, and then a kitchen on the other side. (coughs) I called it! Dang it! I'm sorry, guys. Okay. So you have the kitchen, the wall, living room, you can walk around that wall. There was an old cassette slash record player that was left in that house. Don't know where it came from. It was just there. And it was sitting on the other side of the wall in the living room. And plugged in. And I was in the kitchen washing dishes. And I'm in there all alone because everybody's gone. So I'm washing dishes, washing dishes. The cassette player comes on. And I'm like, okay, that's weird. I walk in there. It's old as fuck. So I was like, wiring, I don't understand these things, whatever. Turned it on and then back off because it was already on off. Went back to wash the dishes. Happened again. Came back out. Unplugged it. Went back to wash the dishes again. He's heard this story a million times. And it came on again, unplugged, playing, loud, as shit. So I just ran out of there barefoot to Spencer's mom's house, which is like a quarter mile down the road until everybody came back. You get used to it, but 
I mean, they was talking in the house all the time if you were alone. You would hear an elderly couple talking at one side of the trailer. And if you walked to that side of the trailer, you would hear them speaking on the other side of the trailer. And you could literally go back and forth and do that, like, as much as you wanted. Um, windows and doors would slam constantly. The entire living room was, like, lined with windows. And even when we'd have parties there, like, we'd have a house and yard full of people because we're out in the middle of nowhere, and we're all sitting in the house, and five of the windows would slam all at once on cue. Yeah, it was really strange. Um, our cat, we had a cat that has extra thumbs. I forget what you call that kind of cat, but we named him Thumbs, and he was the prettiest, sweetest, nicest kitty man. Came with the house as well. He was just there. Nobody was feeding him. I think he was killing prey, so we just, like, adopted him. But we would lock him out of the house because we would be gone all day sometimes. We didn't want him to piss in the house, and he was an outdoor cat anyway, so he can survive. Every time we would try and lock him out of the house, and we would come home, he would greet us on the other side of the door, sitting there wagging his tail inside. And we searched closets, ducks, everything to find some kind of hole where this cat was coming in and we never had anything else come in which there's a ton of wildlife where we were living we couldn't he would just appear you could open doors with this extra thumb but the doors were locked mm, you could pick them with this fingernail maybe and then relock them because he was the smartest kitty in the world uh-huh. maybe Possibly. man the other crazy thing that happened was my ex was giving us shit because we were talking about that we felt uncomfortable in the house because we had only been there for a small amount of time. And so he was walking down the hallway and he was saying like, oh, if there's a ghost in here, come get me, ghost. Like, I'm not fucking afraid of you. Take me, ghost. Come on, let's go. And me and Spencer were like, no, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. And he kept saying it. Walks into the bathroom to take a shower. Goes to pull the towel off the rack to set it on the toilet or whatever before he's going to shower the rack completely dislodges from the wall breaks the glass light fixture in the bathroom which then sends shards of glass down his like head and back which he has his shirt off at that point so he walks out of there just like bleeding and we heard that and we're just sitting there staring at him like what the fuck told you bro isn't that crazy yeah and there was one night that we were in bed falling asleep and I was like right at that in between where I was still kind of awake but I was basically falling asleep and I was like on his chest and I heard this crazy it sounded like a huge machine outside of our window like a like hydraulics almost that's the only way I can describe it and I thought I was dreaming but I flinched and because I was on him I felt him flinch and I was like did you did you just hear that and he goes yeah yeah I think I did and I got out of bed and looked outside and it sounded like it was like literally right outside our window I have absolutely no explanation for that I don't know what that means aliens question mark I don't know. It's weird. That whole house. Oh, the best part. Okay. So, we lived in that house eight years ago or so. They had new renters obviously come and go. The last renters that were in there, I met the woman that was living there. It was a couple. And when I found out that she was living there, because she was at Spencer's grandpa's house, so we just ran into them, I asked her, I said, Do you, does anything weird happen in that house? For you 
And she looks at me, and then she looks at her husband, and then she goes, I told you I'm not fucking crazy. And I was like, yeah, it's it's intense, right? She goes, I see black shadows out of the corner of my eye all the time. And I was like, oh. I was like, I don't know if I really saw anything dark, but I definitely experienced some crazy shit in there. And she was like, oh, no, like, I see dark shadows. There is something in there. There is something in there, and I feel like it's feeding on me. So that happened. How long after was it? Maybe three days after I met her? Spencer called me. She ran down there to check on her because her husband was at work and worried and called Spencer and said, she's not responding to me, can you check on her? And Spencer ran into the house and found her lying, like, face up, dead. She looked like she was standing up and she literally, like, planked and just fell backwards and died. And her cell phone was next to her and it was on speaker. And it was playing, like, the introduction of a suicide hotline intro over and over again on loop and just with all the shit we experienced the stuff that I talked to her about right before it happened and then that happening I was just like what like maybe that was way darker than I even thought it was or something else happened in the time that I've lived there but I thought that was a fucking trip I didn't know about that you didn't I I didn't know that she died yeah she died She had heart problems and stuff like that, but Spencer said that she literally looked like she had died from fear. Like, yeah, how the trailer's set up is you walk in, and right when you walk in on your left-hand side, there's a fireplace that's on a brick little platform, and then there's, like, the couch to your right-hand side, and you continue on into the living room. And she looked like she was walking towards the door from inside the house, just fell and, like, hit that brick in that fireplace and was just laying in a super awkward position. So that's why Spencer said it looked like she just went, like, right in a second. But just the fact that that was playing on speaker, like, did she see something? Was she feeling crazy? Like, did she have a heart attack from that? Like, that's... I don't know. Yeah, that's interesting. It's a trip. I will never live in that house again. Mm Mm-mm. Well, (laughs) that is our episode for the week. It is. Hope you enjoyed Mm -hmm. it. It was a... What do we call it? Stretch fit, relax fit. It was... COVID-19. COVID-19 edition. Yep. All right. Well, hit us up. We got Facebook. We got Gmail. We got... Instagram. Instagram. Booze bullshit and true crime on those. Remember, there's an asterisk for the eye on bullshit because social media platforms don't like curse words. And they're bullshit. They are bullshit. Everything's bullshit. Life is bullshit. Well... I hope y'all are staying safe and staying quarantined and enjoying your life and being happy little people. So, bye. Have a good week. Bye.